0: We'll
1: Dork Matters, Dork a matters. podcast for and by dorks. Uh, I'm Lexi, and
0: uh, I am your dad, Dork Ben.
1: So, Ben, what are we chatting about today?
0: We are chatting about Stardew Valley.
1: How many times do you think you've played it?
0: Oh, this is good. Uh, I've played this, accumulative four hundred and some odd hours.
1: Do you ever panic? Like, I play it on Switch this time around. And, you know, sometimes you'll go and it'll tell you how many hours you've been playing it and you kind of get alarmed with like, those are like 400 hours of my life in a video game.
0: Yeah, I learned to stop looking at those numbers with any sort of uh, intent, with anything more than a passing glance ages ago.
1: (laughs) It's like reading the comments. You can't do it.
0: No, you just need to learn pretty quickly that if you're going to be a gamer, you don't look at your hours played.
1: Let's talk about what Stardew Valley is. So unless you've been living underneath a rock for the past, I don't know, five years, um, Stardew Valley is this wonderful role-playing game, or as we like to call it, an RPG, um, farming simulator. So first released in 2016 by developer Eric Barone. Am I saying that right? Barone? Barone?
0: I can't think of any other way you pronounce those letters.
1: Yeah, It looks like Barone. So Eric Barone, otherwise known as Concerned Ape. Um, So originally this game was created for PC but has since evolved to include platforms like Switch and actually on iOS so you can play it on your phone. Um, The game introduces you as the farmer and you've inherited your grandfather's derelict farm in Stardew Valley. So you head on out to claim the farmstead and in doing so you embark on a journey that sees you exploring caves, developing relationships with the inhabitants of Stardew Valley, fishing, going on side quests, building your farm and of course farming
0: can i ask you a quick question please do do you call the town stardew valley
1: yeah it's the valley it's stardew in the valley
0: do you ever think about the fact that it's actually called pelican town
1: seriously you're right it totally is called pelican town so is pelican town in stardew valley
0: yeah stardew valley is like a like a geographical region and inside of that region is the town of pelican Town.
1: i didn't okay you are 100 right that's in
0: stardew valley that's the town
1: I've played that game so many times. And now that you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, duh. Are you okay? So, but you're in the farm away from the village. So are oh. you in Stardew Valley over on the farm? And then Pelican town is like, you got to ride your
0: little horse past the bus station. Okay. I told you, I played over 400 hours in yes. Stardew Valley and I've just gotten into another one because of the 1.5 update. Yes. This is the first time I've ever had a horse. You were walking around like a chump. Oh, I was walking around like a chump. And maybe that's why I have over 400 hours in the game, was just because I can't get anywhere quickly. <laughs> um, occasionally, I'll have the totem, and I use the mine carts, obviously. Oh, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, just never never had a horse before.
1: Every time I play it through, the, my first goal is like, get the horse, get the horse, get the horse, because otherwise, just, eh, it takes forever.
0: I feel like as soon as I have the mine carts, I don't care, about uh, like I felt like I didn't need the horse anymore. And then I got it this time, and I'm like, I will take that horse from the front door of my farm just to, like, you know, across across the dirt patch to my cot, uh, whatever you call it, uh, hut, where I store my kegs.
1: When you ride the horse, you can see, like, you can gather berries and jump off and... Do all the things that you can't do in the minecart. That's, oh my god.
0: I do wish I could gather berries from the back of the horse. I don't like that I have to get off the horse.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, in real life, I would never get off the horse. I would be sleeping on its back, pulling berries off of bushes, like, drinking in on it. In real
0: life, you'd have to get off the horse.
1: No, people would but pass you things. You can get, like, a really oh. long stick to, like, poke things <laughs> from the bears. horse's back. Yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, you're right. That was so silly of me. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. I think uh, the farm might be in Stardew Valley. You might be outside of Valley town.
1: you That's why you have to work so hard to, like, ingratiate yourself with the villagers, because you're not living there.
0: No. And I think uh, there's a couple characters that mention what a, what a hike or journey it is to get to your farm.
1: So that's got to be it.
0: It's really just one screen, but you got to imagine it's, it's difficulty from their point of view.
1: Well, they don't have a horse, Ben. They've been putting in 400 hours trying to get over to the farm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so originally this was a single-player game, um, but over the past five years it's evolved to be multiplayer, although I've never played it with multiplayer.
0: Neither have I.
1: Like, this is my own, like, dork time. I don't want to share that. Go build your own farm. No. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to put I... little cabins in there for, like, visitors, but I don't want anyone visiting. I'm no, not me. even that.
0: I don't want them on my farm. They can fuck up my farm.
1: You know, the great thing about Stardew Valley, the game, not the place, um, is that Concerned Ape has continued to add a lot to it over the course of the past few years. Um, He's added tons of things like additional quests, areas, and that really continued to build out the game, the fans, because you see him interacting with folks on Twitter and Reddit and everything like that, and then actually makes those changes. So the whole model really demonstrates like the evolving gamer experience of not just putting a game out and then being like, okay, peace, you guys are on your own. And I think people are starting to kind of expect this a little bit, that there's going to be more interaction with the game developers and that adjustments will be made based on fan feedback. Because you see that right now with um, Cozy Grove, which has just come out, gosh, what about like a month ago. I've seen them connecting, like the developers of the game, connecting folks on Reddit, making lots of, Changes and suggestions.
0: Oh, uh, I think we just identified another whole episode we've got to do, which is about uh, that sort of expectation between artist and uh, fan, and yeah. what they believe they are entitled to uh, as a consumer of the art or whatever you want to call it that is being created.
1: And it's nice that um, he's done this, but he's like, it's just him doing yeah. this. I think
0: he's had a few developers now for some, some smaller stuff. And oh, good. Some, some parts of porting uh, things and stuff like that. But yeah, I haven't gotten huge into the fandom of Stardew. Um, just, I don't know how much of, like, what he implements is actually from, like, you know, the fan demanding. I'm sure there's generally like certain aspects that end up consensus that people ask for, but I, uh, I'm i really curious what that fan interaction is like for him. I know he's right yeah. in there like, answering stuff. I've seen him on Twitter, like, if somebody complains to him, Eric Barone, about, you know, some sort of problem they're having or a glitch, he answers, and that's cool uh, if he's into that. It's just such an interesting place to me where, like, does he feel like a necessity to answer those people and, like, get into that with them? Or, like, is that what he feels is his job, or is he just so passionate about the game that he actually enjoys that personally, or mm-hmm. is he worried that he doesn't talk to them? You know, if it become some sort of a bigger thing yeah. that ends up causing him some grief online
1: people are so fickle. I mean, he's done so much for this one game. that free.
0: He's never charged for any of these expansions yeah. or updates or whatever you want to call them.
1: And if, there, if this was another game, larger game company whose name we won't mention, this would have cost people hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But look at the amount of enjoyment, like 400 hours. And God, I don't even know how many hours I probably put into it. Probably like pretty close. Like I'm going to say like 300
0: in prep for this episode, I tried to find what I could of my save files across all my different devices and, and track my farmers and uh, my hours played. And I know I've deleted a couple, like when um, updates have come out, I've just like dumped a whole yeah. farm and been like, I want to play this completely with everything that's involved. So yeah, it's well over 400. And, you know, he doesn't ask for people to pay for these updates that he's done that are chunks of content, as you mentioned. Like, especially 1.5 is like a whole expansion with uh, Ginger Island. But uh, what he's gotten from that, from me specifically, and probably from a lot of other people, is some wild loyalty in oh, I've been playing yeah. this game for five years and I've paid for it at least five times. Yeah. Where, where do you have it? Yeah,
1: I have it on I have it on Switch and PC.
0: Yeah. So I did, I think PC and Mac were the same because I, I bought it through Steam. So I got Steam, I got Switch, I got iOS. Mm-hmm. And then I've gifted it at least twice that I can think of to oh, yeah. people. Still like 15, 20 bucks or whatever it is. So how many hours did you put in? Did you? See?
1: I think about three, three fifty, in total. Because I think it was like hundred and twenty-eight around. Uh, around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I got Switch, that was the first thing I bought. Most um, Stardew on you there, most it, it the out. Oh yeah, nice. and, I- and I'll buy it again one of the best parts is getting to know all those wacky villagers or townspeople and you can develop very strong relationships, good or bad with those NPCs. And, um, you can even, Ben develop romantic relationships with them. You can date them, you can marry them, you can make babies and you can divorce them.
0: <laughs> the whole way they get into it is so great. Um, but One night, your partner will walk up to you and say, do you think we should have a baby? You don't even see this. It's a cut scene at night after you go to bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lexi, do you think we should have a baby? And then you click yes or no. There's a baby that nobody looks after.
1: There was this documentary called Babies a few years back. Did you ever watch it?
0: I've never heard of it.
1: It's the greatest documentary of all time. I loved it so much just because it shows like... I think it was like a family in America, a family in France, a family, I can't can't remember, somewhere in Africa, and then a family in Mongolia. And the babies are all born at the same time, and it shows how they grow up differently in these different regions. And the Mongolian family was so metal. Like, everything about them, I was like, those people are amazing. Because A, the mom gave birth, and then immediately with her newborn baby, climbs on the back of a motorcycle, and they leave and i was like wow she is very strong and then as the baby gets a little bit older they've got things to
0: do so it climbs on its own motorcycle
1: <laughs> no but they tie it to a bed with this like big beautiful sash and then they're like see a baby and the baby just kind of hangs out there on the bed and then all of a sudden a chicken just walks through the screen and you're like is the chicken babysitting the baby and the answer is Did yes is the baby there yeah they just left the baby on the bed and I was, and I always think about that when I have kids in StarDew because I'm like, okay, I'm going to put the chicken in charge. I'm going to leave you in the room. Um, best of luck to you, babies. <laughs> I got a farm to
0: tend to, my so North American stay-at-home parent is just screaming about the tying a baby to the bed and leaving. Half of my brain is like, you can't do that, and the other half of my brain is like, can I do that? <laughs>
1: I mean, like, if you talk to people who grew up in, like, the 60s and 70s, the answer is yes. I had a friend who, like, she said when her parents would go out, they would just tie the door shut and then leave instead of getting a babysitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's alive and she's she's good. Everything else about this game is so, like, it's the simulation. And yet the parenting part of the game is just kind of like, and then you have a baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you have that spouse, they're not watching that kid.
1: I don't think do any of the spouses actually care for the kids.
0: No, none of them. And this is the wildest thing. I'm married to Penny on this current playthrough and she goes into town to take care of, uh, oh, the, the kid. two kids, Jasmine yeah. and um, Vincent. We have two kids, a toddler and a baby, a newborn. And I get up in the morning and like, you know, I'm not into gender roles and norms. Like, no. you know, yeah. I'm a stay at home dad. I gave up my career. I am I pride myself in confronting gender norms, but like, you know, in Stardew Valley, I'm the one that's got to go cut down the trees and make the alcohol and, and delve the mines. And, and Penny was supposed to raise the kids. But she goes into town. She tells me in the morning, she's like, got to go teach Vincent and and, uh, and Jasmine. So uh, I guess our kids are on their own. <laughs> I come back at seven o'clock. It's getting dark. And like when the toddler's just standing, running, running back and forth between the kitchen and the living room. And the baby's just in his crib by itself. And I was like, one of us should have to be a better parent. And it's not me because I paid for this game.
1: <laughs> Couldn't she bring the kids with her? Because it's not like there's a school. It's not like there's someone no. standing over her being like, mm, this is inappropriate, Penny.
0: No. And like Penny is the ideal one in, in this game that should probably be watching a child. Since that is sort of her role in the community is as the child raising individual. Yeah. But our kids are at home. Uh, and I guess that's fine. They haven't died yet.
1: That would be a great part of the game if the kids... It's like the Tamagotchi. Like, you didn't feed the kids today.
0: Who doesn't want that in their lovely farming sim?
1: If you... Okay, if you do dive pretty deep into, like, the Stardew Valley lore, I think someone on Reddit pointed out how dark that game actually
0: is. Oh, I think I was reading that same post. We both follow the Stardew Valley. Yes, we do. Of
1: course we do. Come on.
0: Of course we do.
1: And I didn't really think about it until I was reading that post, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. Like... There's a war going on and what yeah. I, I, I always kind of thought that would be a really interesting next foray into an expansion of like, could you go
0: to the big city? Could you be invaded? Yeah. What's going on there? Right. I do like it sort of on the periphery. Uh, that's sort of my jam of world building. Uh, we're not focused on that, but I like it being there. Uh, those like little details that allow the, the mind to go off and wander.
1: It adds, what's, who's the, um, the husband who comes back from war? What's his name? Kent.
0: Who's not the same when he gets back in. You have to moderate that, that incident between him and, uh, Jody when, uh, the popcorn sets yes. him up and he has a PTSD flashback. That's wild. It's,
1: it's so wild. And then like, then you just go back to your farm and no one talks about it. And he stands by himself in the bar at night and drinks. And there's so many things where I'm like, we, we need to help him. Um, what are we doing to help Kent?
0: Nothing. There's a lot of people who need help that don't get it. Oh.
1: you know, The thing that bugs me the most is the ladies' workout. Do, it, how do they all know to work out?
0: <laughs> Which part of it bugs you the most? Because for me, it's that they're all using random equipment facing different directions. Yes. And not in any way doing any sort of coordinated effort. So why are they meeting there?
1: I understand, like, you know, solidarity and, like, let's be workout buds and accountability buddies. But, like... A, where's my invitation? And B, what are you doing? And you, you're not changed.
0: Wait, one of them is I think like Jody or or the other the other one, uh, Pierre's wife. Right. One of them, one of them's in some workout.
1: Yeah, but Marnie isn't. She comes straight from the no. farm in her like ballroom gown type outfit and is just working away. And I'm like, you must smell so bad. And these people are yeah. like, yeah, come on in.
0: And and the. The uh, the church, the shrine, the whatever you want to call it, just on the other side of their like workout. Boy yes. Day. Yeah, Yoba's always been a weird part of his whole thing. Uh,
1: when I first started, like very very first playthrough, I thought this was going to be Scientologist cult village where you came in and everyone's kind of crazy and you have to like get your way out of a cult because uh, like when you walk in and you see a shrine like that, that's not a normal thing to put in there and then just never reference.
0: Yeah. And the only people I've ever seen, I think uh, Jody goes there before Kent comes home. No, she's still there after Kent comes yeah. home. and She's praying for his return. His safe return. Which is a whole other aspect about uh, and I think I've seen uh, a couple tweets from Eric Barone talking about, yeah, at some point he wants to address some of the uh, the latter content, like, after certain events happen that should probably alter.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> be some great. Things,
0: like, post-marriage how, if you marry, like, Basically anyone there are sort of assigned other is still hitting on him on the reg. Oh. Clint's still at all those events, pining after Emily. He's problematic. Like his Clint the incel is a whole other thing. The dude has oh. more than one subreddit about his behavior.
1: Which is fair. I mean Ooh, that's a that's a problem. He's got the means and the ability. So let's just talk about how scary he is.
0: He is a unsettling individual in the whole fabric of Stardew Valley. I guess, But as we've identified, just one of many sort of troubled folks beneath the veneer of uh, what seems like a sleepy little town.
1: But aren't they all?
0: It's it's some Twin Peaks shit It
1: really is. uh, That would be a great storyline. Like, if all of a sudden Emily wound up dead. Jesus. I'm just saying, it would lead to a very interesting... Well, I mean, there's not much of a mystery there. Who did it?
0: No, I mean, you can actually kill your kids in the game. You can get rid of them. You go and pray to that shrine or whatever. And it takes them back. It takes them away. And then occasionally when you're looking at the TV to get your like either weather or or cooking, you get this weird like static, like revenge, angry message from the children you've removed from existence.
1: No, I've never done that. Is that no? Is that real?
0: It's real. I've never done it either because that scares the shit out of me.
1: That's terrifying. I would feel so guilty. Yeah.
0: They also show up as birds.
1: Like with the baby like head around. and the bird body?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen I've just read about it.
1: I'm such of a butt kisser that I can't play through that game without making every single person love me. Like I, I'll start thinking maybe like I'm gonna be like naughty and these people are gonna- no. Every time I play it I'm like hey I brought you a cake. So I don't think I would have the guts to fictionally kill off my fake video game babies.
0: No. I would way neither. too bad. And not just because they're going to show up on creepy television later. Yeah, you should do it. You, how, how you it do it? No. I have to imagine you go from, okay, well, there's got to be a way. People want a divorce, so I added, you know, a way to get rid of your marriage. And well, then you're probably going to want to get rid of the kids from that marriage. And this is a video game, but uh, what's the in-universe way that we deal with that? Well, why don't I make it creepy as fuck for the people who decide to do that? And, you know, props, Eric.
1: They should become, what are those little, like the little monsters, like the Junmo?
0: Oh, the Junmo.
1: Yeah. The the babies should become those. Like the unwanted children that live in the community center.
0: The Junmo should come and take your children in the night. They
1: should.
0: Yeah. And they eat them.
1: You could feed them to the hungry bear cat thing.
0: Oh, what? The one that sits down by the sewer? Yeah. Isn't that just a fat raccoon? I'm not body shaming you, raccoon, but it's a fat raccoon.
1: I thought he was a fat bear cat.
0: I don't know what a bear cat is, so please explain.
1: Um, It is the body of a bear, but the face of a kitty cat.
0: You know what? Fuck me. I'm sorry. You're right. That was straightforward.
1: Thank you. Because looking at it, cat. there's so many weird animals that I'm like, what is this? And in, yeah. I never even questioned it. I was like, it's obviously That's a bear cat.
0: so important to this game. I love that part. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Hat Mouse. What's that Mouse's name?
1: Pocket Mouse? Pocket Mouse. Is that right? It sounds
0: right. Let's go with Pocket Mouse.
1: The dude that runs the hat Selling shop. So the
0: hat's. We yeah, played yeah, yeah. this
1: game a lot and we're like, ah, the guy, the guy with the hat
0: that lives in the house. Well, this, is, this is why we're dorks, not nerds, is <laughs> because we enjoy this stuff, but cannot factually maintain every single bit of trivia. Let's look at these people and their value to Stardew Valley Pelican Town and see what they add.
1: So let's start with the purple haired beauty, yeah, Abigail. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be. Honest, I've never married any of the ladies. I've always just married uh, the fellas. I always thought that if I if I was gonna marry one of the ladies, I'd marry Abigail because she just seemed like fun.
0: Yeah, the manic pixie dream girl of your no, that's Emily.
1: Yeah, Emily was a little too like meh, cutesy pie. be she's she is connected to Pierre. Not a huge fan of him. I always thought no, her and Sebastian no. kind of had a thing going on.
0: Oh, I think that's implied. Yeah, all of these. All of these sort of hetero relationships that are sort of implied in the game, um, but you can break those, which is sort of why I feel like you can kind of get around sort of the, the sort of normative stuff in the game. Oh yeah, because you can marry whoever you want. There's nothing stopping that, and you can identify anybody however you want. Your own little headcanon there, but yeah, they are sort of set up with analogs, and Abigail's analog is definitely Sebastian, mm-hmm. who I love.
1: You don't like Sebastian.
0: I have never liked Sebastian.
1: Now, okay, let's jump to Sebastian then, because I want to hear more about this. So Sebastian okay. is, so he's like the, the emo-esque child of Robin, who is probably the most useful character in the entire game. Um, yeah, and, I'd marry
0: Robin if Oh, were uh, Demetrius. I
1: really like Demetrius. I find him interesting, because I'm like, he's a scientist. Oh, wow. How did they, yeah. I, I just want to know how... First of all, what happened to his father, like his biological father? Sebastian's? Yeah. Did they talk about that?
0: Uh, Not that I recall in my 400 plus hours. I can't think of (laughs) anything. But again, I hate Sebastian because there's universal items that you can give to pretty much everyone that make gaining favor sort of... uh, What's the word? I don't know. Like a process that you can sort of count upon. Yeah. I make mayonnaise. I give it to everyone. It is a generally liked item. Everyone likes it. Sebastian fucking hates mayonnaise.
1: He's interesting.
0: Uh, I guess he lives in his parents' basement.
1: They all live in their parents' basements, except for, like, Haley and Emily, because their parents have abandoned them.
0: Yeah. They've been gone two years. We don't know when they'll be back. No joke, they're dead. Their plane was shot down over whatever passes for an ocean. Oh
1: my god, this is so—it's very dark. Well, and then you talk about Alex and his mother passing away of cancer, yeah. and now he's living with Alex his. Alex, I could get with. I liked Alex. I he, I was toying between him and Shane, and I I got right to the like about to get married point, and then I was like, nah, I'm gonna try Shane. And I regretted uh, see, it.
0: See, and you made a mistake, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. 100%. You can't fix shame.
1: Uh, and you know what? That's an important life lesson for, for all young people. You can't fix your partner. They just... That's them. You're not a therapist. And yeah. I definitely felt like... Uh, it was always something with him. And then he moves into the house. And he's got his muddy little footprints all over the place. It just pissed me right off so i divorced him nice. felt so bad for him because i wanted him to have a good arc and yeah. he really didn't
0: it starts going in a positive direction i guess he tries to clean himself up i've never fully uh like finished all the the hard events for regime they're
1: they're actually quite hard to see like if you have anyone in your life who um has depression or anxiety like watching him spiral downwards and then slowly pull himself up like it's it's hard to watch but then you're like oh he's doing good and then you marry him all of that yeah. work is just gone and he's just yeah Ugh.
0: yeah it shows a, a lesson in the pretense that some people put on in order to uh you know find companionship or or try to find someone to fix him. It's, it's a deep game
1: it is a really deep game and there's so many things that like You could continue to unpack a lot of these characters, but Shane was not a good spouse. I really regretted marrying him. I should have married Alex. Yeah. So there's Abigail. There's Alex.
0: I married Abigail. She was my first ever wife. Uh, She'll always have that special place in my heart. I have never regretted marrying her. I like uh, a person who can just get into the mines with me and slice down some slimes. Excellent. And uh, yeah, great attitude. (laughs) <laughs> got her away from that abusive father of hers. Ugh, the worst. Pierre. The only weird thing about her is that she likes to eat uh, gemstones. Um, accidentally at first, and now as canon. I'd eat a gemstone if I could.
1: It's a psychological thing sometimes, where you see something that is so attractive that you want to eat it. Like I just yeah. need to consume it. And so maybe she's got some like mental things going on, where she's like, "I'm gonna eat that. their rock."
0: Hasn't affected our relationship. We're happy.
1: Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. She is the most delightful out of all of them.
0: I have to bring her an aquamarine or amethyst every every now and again, but you know, otherwise, gotta keep the relationship fresh. She doesn't eat in bed. Did you have babies with her? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think I wanted them at the time.
1: Did you ever marry Emily?
0: I did. She was my second wife. Okay, second. Wife. Not the same game. I have never actually divorced in game. Really. So on my next playthrough. Married Emily, like Emily. She gets a little like granola and a little bit out there for me. The dream sequences, whatever. Uh physically I was the most attracted to Emily. Is it the blue hair? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the blue hair, the purple hair. I couldn't marry her in my first playthrough, but I was definitely the most attracted, so I actually started a new playthrough. When she became a dateable option. Mm, okay. I ditched my whole, my whole, uh, my whole, my whole, so those are my first two. Um, Lee is my third wife.
1: Lee, Lee's your, okay, the artist. I, I, I feel like I would be jealous of her because while you're working on the farm, she's farting around in the studio and I think I would yeah. start to resent her. Wow. Because yeah. I would be like, I want to make art. You work on the farm.
0: I should be playing a farm game. She was also my first playthrough where I was a woman. And so I married her as a lesbian.
1: And what was that storyline like? Because I've seen, again, on Reddit, like they always have those lines of like, I've never felt this way for another man slash woman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She says that at one point. Oh, you too? When I go in for the kiss.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, you
0: too? I didn't know. Or something like that. (laughs) And, you know, the rest of the storylines is the same, except that her ex turns out to be a woman with just the most outrageous hair, as opposed to a guy who just looks like so sort of your prototypical. They're wearing the same clothes and everything, but just the decision that Eric Barone made with her hair is just, like, it's big. It's 80s hair. It's wild.
1: When do you it's think fierce. this game takes place?
0: Okay, so obviously it's not Earth. We know that. So it's hard to, like, pin it to a timeline, but it feels late 80s, early 90s.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, like, 92, if I had to pick a specific, like, oh. that Soviet-era war happening over here. It's just everything about their outfits, too. Like, Maru's wearing fucking overalls, like, pink overalls. That is... She looks like Michelle Tanner. I forgot about Maru. Yeah, she's another one that you can marry. But I always thought she was, like, 16.
0: Yeah, so there's some weird scales with some of these, because, uh, like, a lot of these characters kind of act... And seem sixteen-ish. Yeah, uh, but then it's defined in some dialogue that they're eighteen-ish or so. Oh yeah, uh-huh. all seems young too. But then they talk in college.
1: That's the weird thing. Like all of their parents that are alive and there are very protective of them. But then they're totally fine with like, hey, you're marrying the rando farmer who just moved in. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I
0: usually been there three years by that time.
1: Yeah, two and a
0: half that in the first year yeah.
1: really like really getting their case but that's uh that's a problematic kind of stalking clint-esque approach to it i always kind of thought harvey would be a good rational choice like he's a doctor mm. he's got a good career have issues with harvey you have what are your issues with harvey
0: he says this one line that basically creeps me out and i've never gotten over which is like let's set aside our patient doctor uh relationship to get to know each other better and i'm
1: like excuse me Ooh. Okay, well now you've ruined Harvey for me.
0: I'm sorry. He's the only doctor in town. You can't set that relationship aside because anytime you fall asleep or get killed in the mines or whatever, be knocked out, he's the one that's patching you up. Yeah. You wake up in his office. Sometimes it's the better option. Am I going to spend the effort walking back to my house in a race or am I going to hit a few more rocks and try to find some geodes and just pay a thousand dollars for your stupid medical bill? You always complain you don't make enough money. Let me pass out more. Stop scolding me.
1: I'm just going to come back to the mine tomorrow. So just let me sleep
0: here. You have like a tent feature or something. Like maybe you can't do it for very long and it eats up like some food or some supplies. But if you could like just have like a little pup tent, that'd be dope.
1: Yeah, because even like when you leave to go to other places, sometimes I'm like, I want to gamble for a bit or I want to go like wander around. I don't want to have to be like, oh, I got to go get back in the bus with Pam. Which poor Pam.
0: Ham's interesting. Ham is a tragic character. She really I don't like is. the way they treat Penny. Also, I don't like the way the town treats her just because she drinks.
1: They're also really rude to Linus.
0: Linus is weird, too, because Linus is set up to be, like, this homeless sort of archetype, but also his sort of approach to it is that he's made a lifestyle choice. Yes. And I'm not sure, is, like, do you think the game creator Eric Barone himself is trying to suggest that homeless people in general have made a lifestyle choice. Ooh. It's a weird sort of social commentary to make, uh, even incidentally that like, Oh, you know, don't worry about those homeless people. They don't need our help. We just need to respect their lifestyle choice. We don't need to find them homes.
1: That is interesting. Cause he gets really uppity when you try to give him certain things or when you respond certain ways and it ruins your friendship when he's, when you're, he thinks that you're trying to like save him. And I was like, yeah. you literally are wearing a shirt of leaves
0: yeah, you look like Robin Williams from Jumanji. <laughs> he really does. I think he was traced from Robin Williams from Jumanji. Yeah, that's a great yeah, so, question. So you have to wonder, like, what's the commentary here? Was there any intent behind this choice? And uh, I
1: don't know. In our in our woke world, if you go back and watch episodes of Friends, they're awful.
0: Like, they're so... Oh, I can't rewatch Friends. There's it's, nothing it's there for us.
1: terrible. And I know this game is only, like, five years old. But I think that we've also like, we've we've made a lot of ground in what's an appropriate interaction with people in the past few years, the Me Too movement, etc. I wonder if the just parts of this game aren't gonna age as well, like that friend's kind of narrative because you've got Clint, the incel.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's kind of taken on a lot of uh negative qualities that the community has started to see in white not the community, but like probably the general community. Yeah. Fandom season. The sort of predatory and dangerous nature of white men and sort of how we've been programmed to be those things. So that's interesting. Yeah. So he's taking that on as, as people become more aware. He's become more than that. You still see the people trying to front for him. Like he's like, uh, he's just a sad, lonely guy who's awkward with women. Like, no, well, he's kind of a creep. Yeah, he's a
1: total creep. But quite a few characters he are. He could have a redemption. He could definitely yeah. have a great redemption. Like, I would like to see an interaction with him and Emily where he's like, I have feelings for you. And she's like, I just like you as a friend. And then he's like, cool. And then he yeah. moves oh. on.
0: Yeah, thanks for telling me. Oh, you married the farmer? I'll stop hitting on you at every public event. Yeah.
1: I'm going to be an appropriate person agreement. and step back. Yeah. I want good things for that's... him. Help yourself, he's gotta... man.
0: Yeah, he's got to be a good person too. He's just a little sad. As self-destructive as Shane is and kind of awful in his own right, at least he's not being a creep to anybody except the chicken. Interestingly enough, not sort of paired off with anybody in the game uh, in sort of like a relationship if you don't get involved status. And I know that's because he was a late addition, same as Emily, but, you know, the easy route might have been to, like, give them some sort of, like, codified whatever together. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do that. So he has no one. He's just an independent independent free agent period. and i guess i could see how that might be opinions people even if he does end up passed out near the sewage out drain
1: i mean i do like the fact that eric barone opened it up so that like you can do whatever but you could also go like the completely like a sexual route and just like do your thing have great friendships with people and leave it at that
0: do we call this game art i think i would i think so yeah it transcends into that Uh, aspect that is so interesting of art where it is about what the consumer the viewer the whatever uh, puts back into the media Mm -hmm. as much as the intent of the original creator so that's interesting
1: you know how they have like the 100 books that you should read before you die or the 100 best films I feel like this would be one of the 100 best games put it on the list this is the list we're starting the list right now we're starting the list Okay, Elliot, who I always forget because I just feel like... Oh, he's so forgettable. He is one with the ocean. He belongs to no one but the sea. There's nothing to him. He's a writer in a shack on the it's beach. A yes, 100%. And,
0: like, I'm not against the Fop, but no. you're right. Putting him out on the beach makes him sort of separated in a weird way. Like, Leah's... Leah's place is also sort of set out of town, but it's on the way to Marnie's or, like, mm-hmm. on the same tracks so- I don't know, something weird about Elliot's place just makes it, like, uninteresting to go to.
1: I always forget to go there, like, if I happen to be out buying bait.
0: And he's wearing, like, Vod.
1: He looks like he should be in an interview with the vampire.
0: That's exactly right. Or from FF12 as the arch-villain <laughs> who wants to kill the gods. Do you think that's part of what's so unappealing about Elliot, is that he sort of seems like maybe he's got a bunch of money and Mom and Dad just dropped him on a like, yes. in beach cottage? He's not a real part of the town. Even Leah is more of a part of the town.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really ingratiate himself with anybody.
0: Well, Leah's supposed to be his, like, sort of analog. You see them together. You can basically tell who everyone's is because that's who they dance with at the uh, spring whatever dance festival. Yeah, you're right. He's not involved with her. Not really. He's not not involved with anybody else in town. He has no, like, friendships, like, which are alluded to by a lot of the other characters. Yeah, he's just sort of an out-there loner. And, uh, you know... Growing your friendship with him, I'm not that interested in what he's about, either writing his book or whatever. I told him to write sci-fi, and I thought that was pretty funny when he does the reading in the library. (laughs) talks about, like, aliens and stuff, and then they say, like, three hours later, most of the town is left. I don't dislike him, I just, he is a non-entity, and you're so right, he just is nothing. No, he is... He's nothing. He's hot or not, I'm gonna go with not even... uh, He's the or. He's the or. He doesn't read. Haley is the analog for Alex. Yes, um, and Sam is the analog for Penny. Yeah, we also—I got into a little bit. Um, her story is interesting. I decided on my most recent playthrough that it was either going to be Haley or Penny because I hadn't buried either of them yet. In future playthroughs, I'll work through the the, the masculine set as well. Yeah, but uh, you know, she seems to be kind of coming from a rough up and you know, wants a little bit uh, more. It's something I personally. I'll relate to in a way and uh but then she sort of when when you marry her her life just sort of becomes about like you and the farm like in a unhealthy way she's just like oh I gotta gotta be here on the farm oh I've always wanted to live on a farm a nice place like this and it's sort of unsettling like she has no agency anymore or or no self-interest and she just doesn't seem to be up to anything else
1: but when you talk about that, it's the same kind of for Sebastian because, like, his whole dream of like leaving Pelican Town or Stardew Valley and moving to the big city, he's like, or I'll just marry this farmer and I guess stay here and be miserable. I guess a lot of
0: them kept their dreams like that. Yeah, is the same. If you married her, that's depressing. I guess at least with Penny, she you know that was her dream, so accomplished.
1: She she's probably the only one that would be happy to be living on like she's a
0: consistent big farm. Inoffensive in such a boring way, yeah, an uninteresting way. Never really had to push herself. Oh, I guess she just wanted out of the trailer, and that's that was enough. She got and it. Hey, I get that. You know, you get kind of myopic in in those situations where you know you just want stability and and security. So I guess I shouldn't be too hard on.
1: Uh, Haley. I hate her. I hate her. Oh, Haley. She says mean things to you. She's vapid. And I know that like her, she fleshes out and her story gets better as you get to Have know people her say more. that I
0: didn't find it got all that much more interesting. Like, okay. You developed an interest in photography.
1: Yeah. It's, she's not great. Like she's just so surface level and, I was really hoping that she'd flesh out more, but she's, like, catty to you and, like, makes fun of your clothes. Like, she just is, like, the town bee.
0: And her analog is Alex, who has this really interesting journey about... Wonderful. Oh, I'm going to be this famous sports guy. Well, you know what? I don't think I ever really am, and I have to come to terms with that.
1: Yes. He has probably the best story. Like, out of all of them. definitely
0: emotionally interesting.
1: Yeah. His whole family has a fascinating little arc like his grandma and his grandpa and like
0: yeah yeah george I, and
1: i really what liked george like how he unfolds too like the more you get to know him and he's like oh it's not easy being in a chair and i was like this is great and then you yeah, have it's not. Haley, not who's like this super surface level like undeveloped character and it's just so sad mm-hmm. because you see like such great development with alex
0: her sister's more interesting than her. Emily's got some stuff going on. She has a friend. Sandy in the desert is her friend. Does Haley have friends? I don't think so. No. Maru and Penny are friends.
1: They sit together on the bench. Abigail hangs
0: out with Sebastian and Sam.
1: What about Sam? He's, I think, the last one of the... Yeah, we
0: touched on Sam a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. His favorite item is Joja Cola. Doesn't really have much that he wants to do. Doesn't really seem to be assisting his his mom much with life or trying to help the family out in any real way. Or his dad, who obviously needs a lot of help. Yeah, or his little brother, who, you know, is kind of just running around, dirt on his face, eating worms, probably. Why's his hair like that? Who's his real dad? Kent looks like Dial from Street Fighter. Yes, and he I does. Think that's intentional.
1: There's not much to him, like yeah, it's Sam.
0: No, he's not marriage material. No. Next. Ben. Top partner. Still for me, Abigail, I think I just find it to be a good match for my own sensibilities that this is a person who has other things that they're interested in and want to do. You know, she doesn't care what I'm up to. She goes to the pub on Friday night with her friends. And, you know, she wants to go into the mines and delve. Yeah, that, that that's uh, more my speed. And then for the... the the male presenting side of things, it would definitely be Alex. I think he's just from a emotional arc he's most interesting and everyone else is just so blah.
1: Yeah. We agree. Yeah, Alex is great. And looking at the ladies, I, I agree. I think it's Abigail is the best one. Maybe Penny. But no Abigail's the winner. I think those are the two those are the two best spouses we did it we agreed if there's anyone listening to this that feels very heavily about Haley perhaps being the best spouse i would love to hear from them to know oh yeah what her full circle is like why she's a redeeming character
0: please do tell us why we're wrong leave it in some comments on instagram or yell at us on twitter
1: thanks for listening to dork matters if you like the podcast subscribe give a rating and tell a friend about us If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself.
0: We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters.
1: This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakota Nation, Sutena, and Metis Region 3.
0: Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.